Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Thursday, the 21st of May. My name is Nick Vasiliev. I am the social media specialist here at Booktopia. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, this podcast is around re- is about reading and writing in the time of isolation and social distancing. Um, joining me today is our non-fiction category manager, Joel Naum. Hi, Joel. Hi, Nick. And our brand and content manager, Mark Harding. Hi, Mark. Hello, Nick. So let's dive in straight into the books that you guys are currently reading, and I'll throw to you first, Mark. What are, we, what are you reading at the moment? Okay, so the book that I wanted to talk about today um, is, unsurprisingly, another um, horror-slash-psychological thriller, uh, which is <laughs> my, my oeuvre, but uh, <laughs> it's not by Adam Neville or Stephen King, Joel. Oh, <laughs> you're breaking the mold. <laughs> uh, so the book I'm talking about is called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, which is by a Canadian writer named Ian Reid. Have either of you guys heard of this one? No, but no, that's intriguing. Yeah, that, uh, that's, a, that's a fascinating title. Okay, so this is a great book, and um, it's being turned into a movie on Netflix, which should be out later in the year, um, and it's a really, really interesting story. So the the plot follows uh, a woman who is unnamed, and she's in a car with her boyfriend. And you kind of get a little bit of a background on their relationship. They're kind of a relatively fresh relationship. They've been dating for a little while, and they're on the way to um, to meet the boyfriend's parents, who live kind of out in the sticks in like a, a farmhouse kind of situation. And they have these kind of lengthy discussions as they're on the road trip. And then the story kind of shifts a little bit because they they kind of reach reach the parents' house and things are just a little bit off. And throughout the whole narrative, you kind of get the sense that this, that this um, narrator wants to end the relationship and has obviously, as the title says, been thinking of ending things. Um, and as, as the story progresses and as the evening progresses, things just get consistently more and more weird and, and off kilter in, in, in kind of disturbing ways. And then I, I don't want to give away what happens, but they wind up in a situation where things are just wrong and disturbing and extremely creepy. And then there is this incredible twist at the end you just don't see coming. Um, and I really, really, really liked this book. Um, and I, it, it's it's great because it's only a couple hundred pages as well. So it's a, it's a pretty quick read. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's kind of a little bit, I guess, gimmicky once you kind of realize what the twist is. But because it's so short, it, it's kind of forgivable, I, I think. Um, but it's, it's really good, really disturbing. And there's just the, the way that he constructs uh, some of the scenes and some of the kind of off-kilter things that are happening in the parents' house and further on in the story, just really, really, um, they really stick with you. And I would highly recommend this book to anybody who's a fan of that kind of, of genre of horror, where it's not necessarily about gore or violence, but just that kind of uncanny, disturbing kind of, something is not quite right in this room, and I can't put my <laughs> finger on it, but it's freaking me out, that kind of thing. Oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> oh, I love that. It, 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 like, your description almost reminds me a little bit of uh, that uh, Steve McQueen, I think Steve McQueen movie, uh, Get Out. Um in terms of the 
something very unsettling in terms of going to visit the family and, and kind of relationship dynamic? Is it kind of is it just old fashioned fundamentals when it comes to horror or is there is it trying to like say something or is it just kind of like like get out is or is it just kind of just do you mean get out the jordan peele the jordan sorry sorry not sorry not steve uh jordan peele sorry i'm getting mixed up i was just uh, thinking there was a different there was a different movie because get out it's a very generic title it could be anything yes it is but (laughs) well generic title but the movie's amazing but yeah the movie is amazing yeah it's quite uh, it's got quite a supernatural premise though that movie. Yes, that one is, yeah. Yeah, look, I can't I can't tell you exactly what without giving away what the big reveal is uh, at the end of yeah. the book. And there is a major reveal um in this story. Uh but so I can't really I can't really comment on that because um kind of the way that it ends will colour like it's one of those stories where the way that it ends makes you want to revisit it and go through the journey again to see what you've missed that you could have picked up on uh, the first time you read it. So I can't really go go into too much detail, unfortunately, because it's it's very spoilerific. But um, I'm sure it's going to make an amazing film. It's being directed by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, um, who, yeah. Um, <laughs> his entire filmography has just dropped out of my head. But <laughs> Yes, no. He, he, Adaptation. Like, yes. Uh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Amazing. Mind, and he does a lot of like weird mind bent, both of those movies. Uh, yeah, I can see why that might appeal to him if it's got this interesting twist and psychological thriller aspect to it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that sounds amazing. Sounds fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Joel, yeah, yeah, Joel, um, what are you reading at the moment? So I've just started reading a book that I um, pre-ordered when it came out in like 2016, 2017, maybe I think it came out. Um, uh, <laughs> and then it just sat on my, and I really wanted to read it. And then I just haven't got around to reading it. But I finally have started reading it. <laughs> um, uh, it is Dovla McTiernan's The Scholar. Um, oh, I read cool. the first book in the series when it came out. Um, and full disclosure, my partner is Devil's publisher, so <laughs> I feel like <laughs> mentioned Keep that. Keep it in the family, Joel. <laughs> but I genuinely do not read all the books that she publishes because I can't be bothered and <laughs> uh, I don't work on fiction anymore and I don't, I don't you know, like I don't always read every book she publishes. Um, but I really, really love Devil's books. Well, I loved The Ruin and I'm really enjoying The Scholar so far. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Robert Galbraith, um, J.K. Rowling slash J.K. Rowling um, crime books, and these books are like that. That's what I would say. If you've ever read any Robert Galbraith's books, they're like um, it takes the sort of keen eye of character observation from um, Robert Galbraith, and I think that's true of the Harry Potter books too, that she has always had a good eye for character um, and puts puts it with a you know cracking sort of mystery thriller, and it's just such a great combination. So you have this like character development over time across the books, but also across each individual story, uh, and this sort of like very comprehensible, understandable protagonist who's not um, you know an asshole and not a, 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 and not impenetrable. Um, and it it's just it's just a wonderful experience reading the books, you know. Like I think they're really um, warm, whilst also being about a crime. 
<laughs> which makes, which is, I find weird. Uh, and I think it's really hard to communicate that in until you read them. Uh, it's a very particular type of book. Um, anyway, uh, the the premise is basically um, it follows on from the ruin, but it's not. It, you don't have to have read it, I don't think, to 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 get it. But basically, the the lead character Cormac Riley is the detective um, at a police station in Ireland in Galway, uh, and he has been sort of sidelined from what happened in the previous book and isn't getting any cases. And his girlfriend finds a body from a hit and run, what seems like a hit and run. Um, and he gets to the crime scene first and ends up getting assigned to it, even though there's obviously a conflict there because it's his girlfriend who found the body. And then it transpires that the body seems to belong based on a ID card in her pocket and the, and the coat that she's wearing, uh, to the daughter of a billionaire sort of pharma company owner who is the company that funds uh, Cormac's girlfriend's research. She's a, she's a scientist. Um, so it seems like it's even more dodgy for him to have taken the case. But then it turns out not to be her. It's just someone who has her ID card and her coat. And so like mm-hmm. there's this um, mistaken identity plot line and it, it's a very, very well executed plot so far. I haven't got to the end, so I don't know if it continues to be well executed, but I believe it probably does. Uh, and I'm just really enjoying it. It's just one of those books that is just pure joy to read if you like that kind of thing. And even if you don't like that kind of thing, I feel like people should read. I think people who um, don't usually read crime and thrillers will probably like this book if they like um, character studies and stuff because it's just, it's just a great read. Um, it's a crossover type of book. It's it's awesome to hear you say that, Joel, because I, I literally bought the ruin um the ebook of that last week. Um and I'm planning to read it shortly. So oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you'll I reckon you'll like it. Because it's got all of the elements of a lot of other types of books that you and I both like. But yeah. um yeah, it's just she's just she's got a really good touch. I think she's an excellent writer. Uh, and I can't wait to see what she does next. Uh, the, I mean, the, the, she's got a third book out in the series as well, which I will definitely read. My plan was to read both of them. Uh, now that I, I'll get on a jag, like I did, like I did with um, um, what's his name? Who I just finished, Dark Matter, uh, Blake Crouch. Yeah. Um, and I'll just read a couple, and then Robert Galbraith, the new Robert Galbraith, coming out later this year. So I'm, I'll ha- I have a bit of a. That's I'm so pretty excited by that. Yeah, I love those books too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I think she's such a fascinating writer. Um, when we had her in in the office for The Good Turn, um, she often talked about how, particularly with the, her characters, that Cormac actually feels like someone who's completely real to her, so, which makes yeah. it very easy for her to actually put him down on the page. Um, and making that fit around the whole notion of kind of police behavior and like to talk about what kind of conflicts of interest that, are, that come in, in this book. It's just interesting to see the perspectives that she brings. Yeah. And he's an interesting, he's a really interesting um, protagonist because he is sort of, he's, he's not totally a white knight, but he's not an anti-hero. So mm. he's, he's willing to kind of compromise himself um, and, you know, take shortcuts not just to do the right thing, but sometimes just, you know, to slightly benefit himself. <laughs> not in a super corrupt way, if that makes sense. So it's like, but he's surrounded by cops who are rotten, you know. Mm. So 
uh, relatively, he said he does seem very good, but he's not he's not like some purer than the driven or something. So I think <laughs> I think he's really he's just a great character to spend time with, and he's he's also and I love this about um, detective stories in general. I really like competence porn, you know, where you see someone who's just a, good at what they do, and you read about them and you i like books where the character's smarter than me <laughs> Which, you know where you're like oh you're ahead of this and you're understanding what's going to happen and you've got some plan or you've got some idea and i can't quite figure it out but it's fascinating i really want to find out what you know rather than just feeling like i oh, how can you not see that don't go upstairs like you know like that, kind of, mm, yeah. that sort of frustrates me that type of reading yeah I, I love reading detectives um and just kind of <laughs> when they're talking to a suspect and the suspect is like no i wasn't there and i didn't do it and then the detective can tell they're lying whereas i would just accept that on face value and just be a, terrible <laughs> a really low clearance rate and just yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'd be a good detective, Mark. Oh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of sort of trying to um, guess the ending of books. And so when I was an editor and publisher, I, I think it was a real benefit to sort of having an innate understanding of what a story should look like in different tropes, you know, different genres. And it's better at some genres than others. But I love a really well-executed book that fits the tropes but still manages to surprise you. And I think that's what this, these books are like and the best commercial fiction or genre fiction is like that, um, is where the author 100% understands their genre but they're still able to play with, play with it a little bit um, or just do it so well that you can't help but be swept away with it. So, yeah, yeah anyway. It's great. Still not a good detective. I wouldn't be a good detective either, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> she nails. She does nail the the whole mindset of, of kind of b- police behavior and detective work. And yeah, it's it's a good book. It's an awesome recommendation as well. Um, so we also like to talk uh, about things that are bringing us joy during this period of, of isolation and and social distancing. And I'll kind of throw to you first, Mark, um, for this one. What is what's bringing you joy at the moment? Uh, so strap yourselves in because things are about to get aggressively gay. But um, <laughs> the, the usage of words there was terrible. <laughs> Think about that. Um, what's been bringing me joy um, is uh, is RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I don't know if you guys are fans. Uh, oh, I, I haven't. Yes. Read, I haven't watched it. It's literally the next thing on my list of things to start. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, it's so good. It's so much fun. It's just, uh, and like, it's just a pure distillation of fun and joy and energy and positivity. Um, even when the queens are all, you know, sniping at each other. It, it, it's great. But the, the thing that I love about it is that there's so much of it at the moment. So <laughs> currently, um, season, season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race is, is, currently, is currently airing. There's another show called Secret Celebrity Drag Race, which is on at the moment, where they make over a celebrity. Uh, then next week or the week after, I think they're launching All Stars, the fifth season of Drag Race All Stars, which is amazing. Then, of course, you've got, like, all the untucked for all of those as well, which is the behind-the-scenes series. Then you've got Canada's Drag Race starting in July. And then you've also got Drag Race UK and Drag Race Thailand are on at the moment. So, like, you have... 
so much drag choice. And then, like, over the years, RuPaul has just created this massive network of drag queens who now have a platform. And during isolation, so many of them are pumping out amazing content for free on their social medias. And it's just you're into drag. That's great. Um, it's just a wonderful, but glory. Even if you're not into drag, I gather it's just joyful to watch. That's why it's I, so much fun. Yeah. 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 Um, Patrick Lenton, our, our old colleague, um, wrote a great piece in Junkie. He's the um, editor of Junkie. Uh, and he wrote a great piece for how to get into Drag Race. And he, like, um, tells you how to, like, watch the seasons and, like, what seasons to start watching with and stuff, which I, I, that's always been the part that I found too difficult for me. It's like, oh God, where do I start with that show? Like it's too big. But, um, <laughs> well, I would actually, I, I would say the, the current season that's airing right now, season twelve, is a great one to start with because it's um, uh, it's it's got probably some of the strongest contestants that they've had in in many many years. Like it's a really oh, cool. season in terms of talent, um, and it's just yeah, it's been great. And like they it's one of the less bitchy seasons as well. So everybody gets along quite well and that just makes it really fun to watch. And there are just some beautiful people involved in that show. And, uh, and yeah, I, I would recommend this season as a, as a good entryway. I just cool. love that. Cool. Yeah. That's I love that yeah. I, I love, I just, I've just got this visual image of you like in a candy store, except the candy store is just drag race shows. And you're just going, <laughs> Oh, I'm trying this one. And I'm going to try this one. And I'm going to try this one. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Like Saturday nights for me at the moment, it's just like me and my husband order takeaway food, open a bottle of wine, watch like four hours of Drag Race. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds all right. I like the, I like shows like that when you just like consume them in one gulp. Um, yeah, I I did the same recently with um, what was it called? The Netflix show by Mindy Kaling. Uh, that's just been. That's been released. Right, that I know. Uh, Never have I ever. Cool. Yeah. Um, this wasn't going to be my pick, but I can make it my pick. <laughs> I watched, my partner and I watched it in one night. It's eight episodes. <laughs> so we stayed, stayed up quite late. Um, and it's wonderful. It's um, about a teenage uh, Indian, uh, American Indian, not American Indian. Indian American teenager who um, it's just her trials and tribulations. And she's, she's experienced this great loss. Her father died, has died just before the show starts. Um, and the ensuing several months after his death, she suddenly lost the ability to walk and has only just regained it. And no one knows why that happened, but they assume it's stress. Um, and so then she's decided to like turn over a new leaf and be cool. And it's just, it's, it's a tropey um, teenage high school show, but it's like done with so much heart. And it's really interesting to see uh, like it's, it's because there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people of color in the show. Um, it is, but it's not like, I don't know. It's something that I talk about a lot with um, my partner, who's a commercial fiction publisher. It's like, I think sometimes in our culture, the, the, the culture of people of color get, like, gets exposed to, to the mainstream uh, often ends up being literary. And like it's like an eat your vegetables moment for, for people. Where, whereas actually there are just as many talented people of color who are writing just great candy 
you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the thing about the show that I loved. It's just like, it doesn't, you don't even notice that element of it, but it's just, uh, uh, it's done really well. And um, it's just an extremely fun show to watch. And I feel like I can't even tell you about it because I watch it so quickly. <laughs> 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 um, but there's a lot of just great uh, relationships with uh, her, the relationship. She has a very fraught relationship with her mother, a great like adversarial relationship with um, her um, academic rival at school and this ludicrous romantic interest. And it's just, it's very funny and excellent. Really well done. Does, um, does Mindy Kaling make an appearance in it? She's not in it at all at any point. The thing, the thing that really sold me on it is, which I should have mentioned at the beginning, but is the thing that um, I think distinguishes it from other shows of its kind that are on Netflix is that the narrator of the show is John McEnroe, the tennis player. What? (laughs) (laughs) And so he just pops up at the beginning of the show and he's like, oh, I'm John McEnroe and I'm narrating this show. (laughs) Don't worry, it'll make sense later. And it sort of does, but it also sort of doesn't. And the, the, the concept of John McEnroe, and John McEnroe has this like, like laconic, sarcastic, sort of angry, grumpy old man voice and he's just like <laughs> narrating this show about like teenage <laughs> girls of color <laughs> dealing with the problems <laughs> inherent in being a teenager uh and it's just bizarre and hilarious that part of it and then they play with the idea of the narrator having some kind of significant emotional role when in one of the episodes they switch to a different character's point of view and he has a different narrator um, which is also very, very funny, the way that they play with that. So the concept is clever as well as being the, – the, the series is clever as well as being very funny and sweet. That's I, – I'm, I'm, like, on board for anything that Mindy Kaling does. So Yeah, like, she's I, amazing. I, I loved everything she's ever done. And this is, yeah. like – I wasn't sure about it because she's not in it and also I just wasn't sure whether it was just going to be too teenage for me or something. But actually, it's wonderful. I loved it. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so we'd like to finish our podcast uh, by having a shout-out to an Australian author. Um, and uh, I'll throw this one to you, Joel. Uh, who's the Australian author that we're going to shout-out uh, for this podcast? So we're, we're going to shout-out uh, Briggsy, Adam Briggs. He's uh, got a new book out um, for kids called Our Home, Our Heartbeat, which is uh, part of our um, campaign for First Nations Australia at the moment that we've got on the Booktopia. And it's selling really well, and it's a beautiful book. So all around, it's it's great. We love it, and we like Briggs. We want him. He hasn't actually done anything with us, has he? I, w- I would love to. I'd love to meet him. I think he's awesome. No, I don't think so. I don't think we have yet, but we should consider that. Yeah, well. we <laughs> if you're yes. listening, um, Adam Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's a it's a great um it's a great book and yeah, it's nice to see it doing well. Awesome. Um, so you can listen to uh, our daily Booktopian podcast as well as other interview pieces, uh, book discussions, uh, author chats and more on our SoundCloud and iTunes channels. And we'll be back at the same time tomorrow for another episode of the daily Booktopian podcast. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe.
Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au